0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go.
1: Let's go. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. We are finishing up a four-part series called Man Church. Okay? Now, guys, this... this All four parts have been for y'all, okay? I didn't get dressed this morning. I'm kind of having a little trouble here. Uh, This has been geared towards y'all, but ladies, listen. Even though I'm talking to the men, there's going to be something in here for y'all as well, okay? And and probably the main point that I want to make in this is that you want to know who the very first beneficiary of a godly man is, is a woman. Okay, so I <laughs> I am trying to help you. Please don't throw well and cowgirls too. And I'm not politically correct. I'm not talking to y'all right now. Okay, if if you if you hear something that's good, man, if you like the boot, put it on. Okay, I, I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but but I'm trying to talk to the men. All right, and and there's something in here for everybody. Um, so last week I started telling you a story about. Um, one time my wife got mad at me, not just why. I mean, she'd been mad at me a lot, but one time in particular, my wife got upset with me and it was, uh, it was a rank one. Okay. It, it, it was a rank one. And so like, I didn't even get mad. I just literally prayed and I was like, God, wh- what do I need to do? You know? And so God told me, he said, you need to listen to her. So I was like, all right. So I went and got her and asked her to come talk to me. And, you know, she walked in pretty guarded. And I said, listen, I'm not real sure what you're upset about, but I'd like to listen to you. She goes, you ain't never listened before. I said, well, maybe that's true. But if you'd give me another chance, I'd appreciate it. And I'd like to listen. So she started talking and like everything that she said was not true. She said that I didn't love her. She said that I didn't love the kids. She said that I didn't want her, that, that I was a liar and not worthy of respect. She said about a hundred other things that broke my heart. You know that little, that little lump you get in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your throat whenever you try not to cry? I had one of those, but it wasn't because I wanted to cry. It's because I wanted to just stop her, interrupt her, not listen anymore, and tell her just how wrong she really was. I mean, like I nearly bit my tongue in two trying to listen to all of this stuff. When she was done, I looked her in the eye and she didn't know it, but I was praying. And I said, all right, God, I prayed. You told me to listen. I listened. Now, what do I do? He said, repeat it back to her. I was like, okay. So I started repeating and I was like, so what I hear you saying is that I don't love you. I don't love the kids. I never wanted to marry you. I don't want to be married to you now. And I mean, like I repeated a hundred things and, and I started getting the sinking suspicion that the Holy Spirit was with me because I can't remember three items when I go to the grocery store, okay? But I remembered everything that she told me. So I repeated it back to her and I said, is that about right? She kind of got a funny look on her face and she goes, actually, yeah, that's that was pretty good. So when that happened, for the third time I prayed. And I said, all right, God, now what do you want me to do? And when he told me, I said, no, I ain't doing it. I, I prayed and I asked you to help me. And you told me to listen and I listened. And and then you told me to repeat it back and I repeated it back. But I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that, God. I mean, I, I know you're God and I, and I follow you. And, and I say I trust you, but I, I can't do what you're asking me to do. It was one of the toughest battles of my life. It was the proverbial angel on one shoulder, the devil on another. And like, I was seriously feeling pain in my heart because I was torn between what my wife had said, what God was telling me to do, and what everything in my, in my soul was telling me to do. And so I finally took a deep breath and, you know, uh, Jacob wrestled with God all night long. And I felt like I wrestled with God in that moment, but I didn't take it as far as needing my hip dislocated. So I finally just said, gotta give up. Fine, I'll do it your way. And I did what everything in my body screamed not to do. And the results were amazing. Here's what God told me to do. First off, he told me to listen to her and I listened, truly listened. The second thing he said was to repeat it back and I repeated it back nearly word for word. And the third thing he told me to do that I absolutely refused for a long time he told me to apologize for all of it. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. But I finally gave in and I said, I'm sorry that I don't love you. I'm sorry that I never wanted to marry you. I'm sorry that I don't love the kids. I'm sorry that I don't want you anymore. And I'm sorry that I'm a liar and unworthy of respect. And I'm sorry. And I apologize for all of those things. And when I got done, the greatest woman in the world in my life, Big tears rolled down her face. Big tears rolled down her face. And this woman that I thought was gonna divorce me 30 minutes beforehand, walked over, sat down in my lap, put her arms around me and sobbed like a child and said, that was the greatest talk we've ever had. And I'm so lucky to have you. Wow, wow. See, I learned that day that an apology is not an admission of guilt, but an acknowledgement of pain. See, I'm the strong one. I'm the man in the relationship. And I had the full armor of God on. And I would go out and do battle every single day for y'all. Going out, battling the dragon, that ancient devil, the serpent, Satan. I went out and I fought for God every day. And guess what I did? I left my heart at home unguarded. And see, what God revealed to me in that moment was all of those things that she was saying, that none of them were true. That old devil had put a lot of lies in her heart. And she was coming to me. Because I'm the leader of the house. I'm her husband. I'm, when I joined with her in marriage, we became one. I was the only one that could help my wife. And each of those lies, each of those arrows, the fiery darts, as the Bible calls them, each one of them had a name on there. The first one said, he doesn't love me. I named that hurt. And as apologizing for that, I was able to draw it out. My poor wife looked like a pincushion. She had so many fiery darts in her and I pulled each one of them out by acknowledging that pain. And what happened afterwards was a brand new creation, was a brand new creation because God was teaching me what it meant to be a man and how to take care of my wife. No longer do I go out and leave my heart unguarded. I'm the strong body. My job is to protect the heart. I still do what I do, but I don't do anything for anybody else at the neglect of my heart. Why is it so hard to do the right thing, guys? Why is it so hard for us to just do what we know we should do? It's a valid question. Why is it so hard to do the right thing? In Romans chapter 7, verse 19, Paul says, talks about this very thing a man is speaking to us the holy spirit speaking through a man comes and says in romans 7 19 says i want to do what is good but i don't i don't want to do what is wrong but i do it anyway guys does that not sound like your marriage does that not sound like a lot of your life I want to do what is good but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong but I do it anyway. Why is that, guys? Why is it so hard for us to do the right thing? I call it the right fight. The right fight. Have you ever noticed that doing unimportant things is so easy but 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 doing important things is so difficult? Listen, guys, I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to talk right at you just plain and and I know there's some younger kids in here and, you know, this this is part of it. And so if this brings up a question, maybe you should train up your children the way they should go, okay? We're going to talk blunt for just a second. You know, looking at porn is easy, guys. Reading the Bible is hard. Getting on Facebook is easy. Praying for those that are hurting is hard. Getting up early, we'll get up early, you know, nine days a week to go to a roping. But it's hard to get up and go to church. You know, binge watching Netflix is easy. Paying attention to your wife is hard. Why are all of these unimportant things so simple to do, but the things that should mean the most to us, we don't do because it's difficult. Why is that? Because the right thing is always going to be a fight thing. The devil does not want you to do something good, guys. The devil does not want you to do something good. The devil does not want you strong. The devil does not want you to lead your family. The devil does not want you to be powerful in your community. The devil does not want you to be righteous. All of those things that God wants of you, the devil will stand against you. And it's a palpable force that pushes against every stinking one of us when we try to do the right thing. And you have felt it. You have felt it, guys. The right thing is always going to be a fight thing. The right way is the hard way. And and, in our society, we live in a push-button society, man. We live in a push-button society. Everything in our lives is geared towards making our lives easier. And yet Jesus comes in and he says, do it the hard way. Take the narrow trail, not the wide road to destruction. Take the narrow hard trail. Don't hate, forgive. Don't slander, love. Don't kill, bring life. The right way is the hard way. You know, man, guys, if you're not sure which direction to go, go upstream. Go upstream. You want to know why? Because only dead things float downstream. Only dead things go with the flow. And unfortunately, most of our men in this world are dead floating downstream. We need men that will put their heels down, turn around and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go the right way. I'm going to stand up for what's right. I don't care how hard the devil pushes against me. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to trust God and go. That's what we need, men. And if you are sitting here listening to me, you already know in your heart that this, I've been talking to you about you, to us about us. You know everything I have said is the gospel truth about the way you've been feeling in your life. You can change that starting today. What is this right thing that constantly wants us to keep from doing the right thing? What is this thing that constantly keeps us from doing the right thing? Once again, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 21. Paul says, I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with My mind, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. You want to know what that force that's pushing against y'all men is? Is it, it's the remnants of our sinful nature that God has freed us from, but it's still there. It won't be gone until we reach heaven. We are no longer a slave to sin, but that does not mean that it is still not there. It is a force that pushes against us. It is something that rages battle within us. It is a palpable resistance that seeks to keep us from becoming the men of God that we have been called to be. So how do we overcome it? How do we start to do the right thing, men? Bear with me for just a second while we talk about three ways to overcoming our sinful nature. The very first way if you want to overcome that force that keeps you from doing the important things that you know you should be doing, the first thing is, guys, you need to have a faith mindset, a faith mindset. See, you always hear people say, oh, well, yeah, I have faith. Where is it? Is it in your pocket? Is it in your soul? How do we know if you have it? You know what I mean? They use it. You could substitute anything in there. Well, yeah, I'm an honest person. Faith is not a virtue, Okay. Faith is an action. It is a mindset. Faith is not a virtue that we have. It is a mindset that we practice over and 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 over. That's what having faith means. It is a mindset. It is being in a constant state of prayer. That's what the Bible says. Be in a constant state of prayer as you're driving down the road. You can be talking to God. Or maybe you're not even talking to God. You just have your mind set upon him. That is faith. It is actively trusting God in every part of your life. The good, the bad, the ugly. Trusting God. You know, God is going to put you at the right place at the right time. If, it's, if you're at the wrong place, it wasn't the right time. But we always want to force that. Listen... God's either in control of your life, and I'm not saying that you're a puppet, but we either give our lives to God, trusting that he will put us in the right place at the right time, or we're going to take things into our own hands and say, God, I can do a better job than you can. I want you to have a faith mindset. A faith mindset is being in a constant state of prayer. It's actively trusting God every single minute of every single day. And it is playing the long game, guys. Man, we live in such a push-button world. We live in such an instant gratification world. Man, a faith mindset is playing the long game. Yeah, whenever you follow God, man, you're not going to get that euphoric feeling like some of the other sinful things. Sin always has an instant gratification with long-term consequences, okay? Faith, on the other hand, usually has no immediate gratification, but really good consequences later on. That's what we're looking for is playing the long game instead of living in an instant gratification mindset. Do the right thing today and you'll reap the rewards tomorrow. Reap and you shall sow. If you reap instant gratification, you're going to get long-term regrets. If you you try to play the long game, man, you're going to trade those regrets for glory. And why anybody would want something different than that is beyond me. In Romans chapter eight, verse six. See, I I didn't come up with this. Once again, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. Romans eight, six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. A faith mindset. Where's your mind at? Where are your thoughts at right now? Are you drifting off? You thinking about this? You thinking about that? Three ways to overcome our sinful nature. Number one, we need to have a faith mindset. Number two, Guys, I don't know how else to say this, but you need to go all in, all in. Not just a little bit, not just playing it safe, not just gonna throw a little out there to see what happens. I'm talking about take everything you have, everything that you are, and I want you to put it all on the table and go with God. If you want to overcome your sinful nature, there's only one way to do it, and that's to go all in, all in. See, 95% of all Christian males never experienced the glorious life offered to them because they're boys instead of men. You see, it takes 10,000 hours. It was once said that it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something. See, at 30 minutes of church once a week, you know how long it's gonna take you to master this Christian way of life. Let me do the math for you. 364 years at 30 minutes coming to church once a week. It's going to take you 364 years. And you don't know how many times i talk to men around the country that say, well, I just don't seem to be getting anywhere. <laughs> no crap. You think? When's the last time you read your Bible? I, I've been busy. <laughs> okay. When's the last time you took your wife on a date? Well, you know, we, we watched Netflix the other day. Front kick. 30 minutes of church once a week will get you to mastery in 364 years. 12 hours a day following Christ will get you to mastery in a little over two years. It takes time. Remember what I said about playing the long game? But you have to go all in, man. If you just being a weekend warrior is not going to do it, is not going to be able to do it. You got to become a master of it. If this is as important as you say it is, then you will devote everything to it, will you not? Or are we just playing with cars? See, men are humble, boys are prideful. Men concerning themselves on what they can give Boys concern themselves on what they can get. Men are kind. Boys are nice. Go all in. Go all in. And the last thing is this. Action removes doubt. Action removes doubt. One of the most common things I hear is, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. You know what? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's just hard. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. And you know, guys, exactly who you're supposed to be. It's just difficult. And you are, it's not that you don't know what God wants you to do. It's not that you don't know who God wants you to be. You're just scared of what it'll take to become that. Call me a liar. I dare you. You know, it's true. I struggle with it every single day, but action removes doubt. Quit overthinking everything. You know, you have about, when when the Holy Spirit tells you something, like, hey, man, you should stop and help that guy. Hey, man, you know, maybe you need to call that guy. Maybe you need to go see this person in the hospital. Maybe, you know, blah, 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 whatever the Spirit leads you to do. You know, those, those good thoughts that you know it's a good thing. You know it's the right thing. You have about 10 seconds to do it, and your rational mind will take over and talk you out of it. And your success rate will go. If you do it within the first 10 seconds... Your success rate is about 98% that you will do it or a hundred percent. If you act within the first 10 seconds, if you wait any longer than that, your failure rate skyrockets to about 95%. You will not do it. You'll forget about it. You'll postpone it. You'll procrastinate. You'll say it's somebody else's job, whatever. But see, action removes doubt. Listen, you don't have to pray about doing the right thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray about big decisions, okay? But you don't have to pray about doing the right thing. You don't have to pray about calling somebody and checking on them. If God says, oh, you should, go, you should go see Rick in the hospital. You should go see John in the hospital. You don't have to pray about that. Well, I'd need to pray and see if that's what God wants me to do. Shut up. Go see your buddy, right? Well, I don't know John or Rick. Well, go meet them. I can tell you where they're at. Action removes doubt. But you know what? No good deed goes unpunished, does it guys? No good deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. But instead of using that as an excuse not to do anything, guys, why don't you stand up and say, bring it on, bring it on. John Perkins, a friend of mine, who's in the hospital right now. He's had toes amputated, horrible health problems. He called me one day and he goes, you know what? He said, when I started helping people, my life turned to crap. He said, so I stopped and my life was still crap. So now, even though I don't feel good, I'm going to start helping people. I'm going to look at that devil in the eye and say, bring it. There ain't nothing you can do to me. That's a man right there, guys. That is a man right there. Yeah, no good deed goes unpunished. Who, who cares? Stand up look look that old devil in the eye and say, man, there ain't nothing you can do to me that's going to stop me from being who God called me to be. See, God is looking for some men. God is looking for some men. Men who won't shy away from the hard trail. Men who will go all in and consequences be damned. And men of action... That will get things done. In conclusion of a month's worth of studying what it means to be a man, I will leave you with one guiding light to lead the way from scripture. And it comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. My favorite version of this is the English standard version. Let me read it to you. First Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. People say, well, I don't understand the Bible. If you need, if you need that explained, you're just making excuses, guys. You smart enough to be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let everything you do, let all that you do be done in love. Men, I'm calling you out. I'm throwing down the challenge. I'm going I'm to double dog dare each and every one of you online, here, everywhere. I'm going to double dog dare you to do something. Pick one of these three things. Get involved. Get involved. Come early. Help us set up here. Stay late. Help us clean up. Get with Ty. Get with Mitch. See how you can help them out. It's not a matter of what you do. It's a matter of doing something. Getting involved. Man, y'all that are online, we've got the Long X Ranch Cowboys. 100% of that money goes to supporting our ranch that we do amazing things through. Get involved. Get out. What do I mean by that, guys? If getting involved isn't your cup of tea, then get out. Tell someone about Save the Cowboy. Go out and tell somebody. Go out and make disciples of all men in all nations. Tell someone about Save the Cowboy, then tell someone else. Bring them. Pick them up. Say, hey, man, I want you to come to Save the Cowboy with me. I'm going to go pick you up on Sunday morning. Be ready about eight. We're going to get up there and have a donut and some coffee. Get involved. Get out or get your wallet out. Either be a part of ministry or support those that are. It's as simple as that. If you don't have time to get involved and you're, and you're not comfortable telling others about Christ, then get your wallet out so I can use the money to reach more people. I'll get on the radio in more cities. We'll help more people. We have to turn people down because we don't have the funds to do it. We can buy more cows to feed more people. We can buy our own place to meet. We can start advertising. I don't care what you do. Pick one, get involved, get out, or get your wallet out. One. I don't, I don't care. Do all three if you're a man. I didn't think that was going to be funny, but I'm glad you left. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the men that are here today. God, (laughs) man, I can feel you right now. I can feel you raising up. And God, you know what else I can feel? I can feel the ladies out there watching online. I can feel the ladies in here. They are praying for their men. They are, some of them are praying for a man. God, I love so much that you have called us to be men. God, help us. Sure, we're gonna make mistakes. But help us to do the right thing, to be the men that you've called us to. And also look that devil in the eye and tell him that we ain't scared, and that we've, that God's got our backs, and there's nothing that we can't do with him on our side. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help Save the Cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to savethecowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.